Hello. Welcome to Season 5 of the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. I'm Susie Colick, the creator of Pretty Deadly Self-Defense. And I'm Zipporah, a Pretty Deadly Community Guide and Online Coaching in Tebe, Uganda. In this season, Zipporah and I are exploring self-defense in Uganda, talking about the different challenges women face and what strengths we might have in common. There's a lot to discover, so welcome to the Pretty Deadly Self-Defense Podcast. This is episode 72, and today we are talking about catcalls, groping, and grubbing in a street, how to deal with it. Right. So we've talked about this um, in earlier episodes and seasons of this podcast, but Mm. it's something that everybody brings up. Um, And I think it's something everybody brings up because it can feel so relentless you know, yeah. it's like walking down the street is like walking a gauntlet. It's, it can be really frustrating and really tiresome. Mm. How do we deal with it? So um, the first time this happened to me, I went into the market still. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just one different from my city. So it was in a different place. Mm-hmm. So I'm walking in the market. I still had my sister ahead of me I was walking behind her and then this <laughs> this strange guy just went ahead and dropped my butt like pew. I was like what mm-hmm. I froze I froze and the man had the guts to say what are you going to do about it oh. <laughs> actually for this reason I dread markets I dread markets mm. so so much because mm-hmm. after that one scenario, I began blaming myself. I was like, oh. what drew this man to grope me like that? Was it something I was wearing? You know, no. I actually, from this day, I actually watch what I'm going to wear to the, when, when, when going to the market. I either put on ah. uh, maybe a baggy trouser or something. I don't know. I try to put on clothes that will not put me in the spotlight. <laughs> and it actually works, you know, it works. Like, I don't have people groping me when... I'm putting on something that's, you know, weird or and I'm invisible. I feel, you know, I'm invisible. Mm-hmm. I'm safe, but it, it's frustrating. You know? It is frustrating. It happens so common. It is so commonly. It is, and but you know what's interesting is we talked um, in an earlier episode about vulnerabilities that are are things that people see as vulnerabilities in women, but that are actually strengths. And one of these is our clothes. You know, you just said that you put on clothes that are very baggy that make you invisible Hmm. or that might make you, you know, unattractive. Hmm. And this is also self-defense. Oh, this is also a form of self-defense. And this is one of the, one of the most universal forms of self-defense and one of the most, one of the oldest forms of self-defense using our appearance to um, make space, basically looking Mm. like you're crazy or making us do that a lot. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for the, thanks for the heads up. Um, but looking like we're crazy, looking like um, we are mean, looking like yeah. we are unappealing, unsexy, unattractive, or just looking invisible. Um, all of those things are forms of self-defense. There's women who choose to wear, wear a full burqa um, because 
really as self-defense because they actually feel much more comfortable, Mm. you know? And I, I, I knew of a woman in, um, where was she in, in, I want to say she was in Serbia and this is only like five years ago or something. She was just getting harassed so much on the way from her home to her office every day that she Mm. started, she started wearing a burqa. What's a burqa? A burqa is um, in Islam for women who are, are Muslim. It's the Mm. covering from the hijab and everything. Yeah, hijab plus your robes that cover all the way down to your ankles, to your wrists, like a really serious burqa. You actually wear gloves um, Mm. and and cover up the lower part of your face so only your eyes are available. And then, of course, the like really, really strict ones have a veil over the eyes as well. Over the eyes, yes. Right, so you're just like a black like shadow <laughs> moving around the world. <laughs> Once I was in Turkey and there are a bunch of women wearing black burqa um, playing football, you know, it was a park and they were just having a good time. And I thought, how do you know who's how on, how do they know who's on whose who's team? Who's on whose side? Yeah. I was like, I don't, who's, who's winning this game? <laughs> Anyway, um, but so it is. So there's women who do choose to wear, and there's women who choose to wear hijab and burqa for religious reasons as well. But there's also women who choose both for religious reasons as well as a form of self-defense from men who are grabby and gropey and and catcall and and it's obnoxious. We are so often encouraged to present ourselves in attractive and feminine ways. And we are so often to encouraged to turn against women who look like, um, you know, they're sloppy or they don't take care of themselves or they let themselves go is a favorite phrase. And hmm. without realizing that, you know, maybe she's actually protecting herself. Yeah. I really do that for protection. Like for real, I really do that a lot. I, I mm-hmm. dress down. I, I, be as baggy as possible. I, I try to not call attention to me. I even mm-hmm. do it to the point of if I have official business and I don't want unnecessary attention, mm-hmm. I, I be as simple or casual or office casual or something so that I mm-hmm. do what I have to do without any disturbances or distractions. So Right. And that's an important thing. And I think it's it's this the cat calls and the groping and the grabbing and the challenges to your femininity and the being hit upon or whatever it is sucks up so much energy and is so distracting. And when you want to just leave the house and, you know, go to the market and get the stuff you need, or you want to go to work or, you know, you want to just do what you need to do without having to like fend off all of this crap. Yeah, you know, which which can make doing your job or do you know whatever it is that you're going off to do can make it three times longer and that mm-hmm. much more exhausting. So okay, so putting all that aside, um, how do we deal with cat calls, groping, and grabbing in the street? Well, unfortunately, because so much of it is meant to kind of test the boundaries of society. So like the man that groped you and then said, "What are you going to do about it?" Mm. What he's counting on from you is to, is to adhere to the rules of society, to yeah. not make a big deal out of it, to just, you know, do what women so often do is just kind of pretend it didn't happen and keep going on your way because you've got stuff to do, mm-hmm. right? So 
men who do stuff like that, they understand all those rules of society and they understand our desires to get our job done. They understand our desire to try and move through the world as uninhibited as possible. They understand our desire, like most reasonable people, to adhere to the social contract and they push against it. They're mm. abusing all of those rules all the time. Yeah. For me, I find the best way to deal with it, unfortunately, is not going to be that satisfying in terms of self-defense. But the best way to deal with it is to put it in the same category as birds that poop on your head. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that, that's quite satisfying, actually. If I think of a bird pooping and then I put you in that category, that means, you, you know, you're a bad pooping, so that's a good image <laughs> to look at. <laughs> well, I mean, okay, well, I hadn't really looked at it from that direction, but <laughs> what I meant about that is, um, you know, if I'm standing, ign- well, don't take it personally, mm. you know, it, because it's actually not even about you. You know, mm. yes, you are a woman and you are there and you are their target because because of the way that there is gender imbalance and power imbalance in our societies. But you as an individual, it has Mm. nothing to do with you. So if I'm standing under a tree and a bird, you know, drops on my shoulder, it's it's not personal. The bird doesn't know me, I don't think, as far Mm. as I know. So (laughs) I feed a lot of crows, so I'm never really sure. But but generally, they're they're not making a statement, again, as far as I know. You know, it's just, it's, it's, I was just in this place and this time, and this is what fell out of the sky. And I feel that if we can, it, it doesn't stop it. And it doesn't, it doesn't address it in ways, again, that I think are um, satisfying to us in the moment. Mm, or aiming to stop it. Right. You know. it, but it does allow us to just continue without it bothering us so much because the, the root cause of these cat calls and groping and grabbing is more societal and systemic. Mm. You know, maybe you can confront this one guy and get him to stop doing it. You won't I, fight the whole world. Exactly. You know, and it and it really has more to do with people's understandings of the rules of society. And again, it's not mm. even that gender-based. I think in this sense, it's gender-based because we are more, we're considered to be more vulnerable. Mm. But it's more about like, you know, these rules of society don't apply to me because I'm a man and I'm entitled to everything in the world and rules don't apply to me. And Mm. there's certain, there's women who feel this way too, but it's the majority of them seem to be men who feel, of people Mm. who feel this way seem to be men. So what they're really doing is showing dominance, showing hierarchy, showing their idea of power um, and showing everybody that the rules don't apply to them, mostly showing themselves because yeah. a lot of that cat call and groping and grabbing is never meant to be seen by anybody else except for the target, mm. right? But it's really them walking away feeling very satisfied. Ha, you know, I touched that woman's butt. I touched that woman's breast. I touched the Shelby, one of our Los Angeles trainers was mm. grabbed in her crotch. Oh, good. You know, I mean, and again, by someone who, who was she going to, to address? I hate saying that there's nothing you can do about it because I don't believe that. But in that particular moment, it's not worth yeah, confronting the fight, it. Like, yeah. Right. It's it's much more worth finishing your job, finishing your journey, completing your destination, getting home safe, 
right? Not letting this kind of thing plant a little seed inside of you that will distract you from your path in life. Mm. So that we can go to university, we can get our jobs, we can run for office, we can help change the world in in these systemic institutionalized ways, because that's really the only thing that's going to stop that. Yeah, that's, that's so good. It's a bigger, it's a bigger job. (laughs) Yeah. And there was something that I actually engaged right after learning or attending the pretty deadly classes. Mm -hmm is the fighting stance. Oh, nice. Yeah. I realized that 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 also puts some confidence in my mind. Mm -hmm. Yes. And the stature alone Mm -hmm. or the positioning of your body as you walk in the fighting stance, Mm -hmm. there's a way it's sort of a body language to someone who would try to come to you. Mm Mm-hmm. And I find that very empowering and it actually works. I've, I've done it since I took the classes. I've been doing it, you know, nice. I remember to walk in the fighting stance and it's mm-hmm. actually something I like. I like it a lot because very many, I've seen the results or the fruits of it mm-hmm. from the reduced cut calls. I don't know. It speaks. So it speaks to the minds of whoever it is that is looking at you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's something there. Good. I'm glad. I'm really glad to hear that it's something that you've been able to incorporate and see the see like an a, an immediate benefit from. But yeah. I'm even more glad to know that you you like the feeling of being in that stance. Yeah, it you feel empowered right in your mind because it's subtle. Mm-hmm. It could easily be missed, but then your mind feels. Oh, yeah, we won't be caught unawares. Uh-huh. So this is like this is like um the opposite of what I was or, or maybe the opposite side of the same coin of what I was talking about, about the types of people who do the catcalling and the groping and the grabbing. Mm. Right? It's a secret for them, right? Mm. They're the ones getting enjoyment out of pushing those boundaries. Yeah. You're getting enjoyment out of knowing that like, you know, I'm in my fighting stance. You don't know mm-hmm. why you are scared of me. I know. Yeah. Yeah. True. Very true. Like I feel you know? it in me. I think I even say that in my mind sometimes. Right. And but it, I'm like, <laughs> right. So it's kind of, it's taking those things that have disempowered us yeah. and learning how to flip those around so that they are actually empowering. True. Yeah. It's cool. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. All right, then I will go to the market with you, even if you even if you act crazy. I'll know what you're really all about. Pretty Deadly Self-Defense is a self-empowerment program through self-defense, developed from real-life experience, a lot of martial arts training, and tailored for the way women actually learn the things we actually face, and that's actually fun. Learn more at prettydeadlyselfdefense.com. You can download our app, find a class, learn how to become a trainer, or find out how to teach the Pretty Deadly program at your school or studio. And you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, Pinterest, and yes, we're even on TikTok. Just search for Pretty Deadly Self-Defense and we'll be there. Our theme song is an excerpt from the original track Icarus Wish by Dead Centuries and used by generous permission of the artists. Get more tunes at deadcenturies.bandcamp.com. 